Welcome to the King's Church Podcast. We are an ACC church based on the Gold Coast in Queensland, Australia. We'd love for you to join us on any given Sunday. In the meantime, we hope this message blesses you. Hey, can I just ask, let's just, um, let's have fun tonight. I think church should be enjoyed, not endured. Uh, you're allowed to laugh. Uh, you're allowed to say amen. You're, al- you're allowed to have a good time. Uh, you're allowed to, to text your friends and say, get here if they live like two minutes away. Um, so I just think God's going to move. Hey, I had a great time at, at Pimpamar campus this morning. Uh, it was great. I love the, the way your church runs. It's like, like different family locations and it's just brilliant. And uh, it was actually uh, pretty funny. We had an altar call and uh, at the end of it, uh, who loves Pastor Sue? Uh, Pastor Sue came up to me and said, uh, and she had this look in her eye and I'll be honest, I was a little bit scared. And she said, uh, pray for me pray for the mantle. And I was like, I know what that means, but we're going to pray for the mantle. And so I laid hands on her and um, the catcher was sort of distracted. And uh, yeah, he kind of caught her, but like one hand, one bounce, you know what I mean? Um, And she didn't go backwards. She went to the left. Like it was a hard left. Like she was like, oh, and usually the thing you do is you fall backwards. She was like, nah, and went that way. And so, uh, yeah, she's at uh, Gold Coast General now and we're just believing for American. She'll like it. It's all good. Pastor Noah, thanks for having me. Appreciate it. Who loves Pastor Noah? Let's give Pastor Noah some love. The, the buffest pastor uh, in the world. And uh, obviously, uh, love and honor to Pastor Ben and, uh, and Trish. Uh, pastor Ben really is a, a big brother in the faith uh, to me uh, and has given me some great wisdom, usually telling me not to do things and not to react to things. Uh, so um, last week was good. All in, packed auditorium. Let's just, let's just uh, not have all in every week, but let's just get this place full every week. Amen? Okay, all right. Good, good. I, I can see you need, you need a touch of warming up, but uh, that's okay. Uh, you had a big weekend last weekend. Hey, let's have a Pentecostal rerun today. Let's do that. Sometimes, like, I feel, can I be honest with you? I don't really feel like a guest speaker here. I feel more like a slightly awkward cousin. And, and so, you know that guy that rocks up to Christmas and you're like, I think you're meant to be here, but I don't know. I kind of feel like that. And so I feel like I can be more honest than some, maybe when I go to somewhere that scares me, like City Point or something. And I was just going to say, let's just lean in tonight. Let's not do that thing where we have to like build up right to the bridge of fresh wind before I can do the altar call because you're not sure if you really want to come up and have like be prayed for. Let's just, let's get into it. Let's get into the word of God. Let's, let's have a touch from heaven tonight. Amen. All right, I should probably preach. Um, I want to preach to you uh, a sermon called New Wine and Fresh Oil. We're going to turn to Ephesians 5. Ephesians 5. This is my wife, Anna. She's awesome. Hey, Anna, how you doing? Uh, good to, well, I know how you're doing because I'm married to you. Say hi to Anna real quick. <laughs> yeah, good. And uh, the other great love of my life is here. How are you, darling? It's good to see you. Um, the screen is my other great love. <laughs> Um, in case you're <laughs> I love the confusion. I even had like a, oh. <laughs> uh, no, I just love LED screens and we don't have one yet. And um, hey, I bring love from uh, our church, Kingdom Culture Church in Brizzy. Uh, you know, love from my mum and dad. They're the senior pastors there. And, and, and once again, I'm with family. So if we can just boast in the Lord. Man, COVID was brilliant to our church. We, uh, after co- the th- months after COVID, we grew by about 200 people. Um, the giving's gone up. We're seeing about four, five hundred a, a weekend now. We've got about six, seven hundred in the church, uh, and God is moving in power. Uh, and I feel like I can celebrate because you're secure, awesome people. So uh, Ephesians five and verse fifteen. We're going to read together. Look at well, I'm going to read it. You're going to listen. Remember back in the day when it was like read it together. And it was the worst thing ever. 
Even salvation prayers are awkward because then when the preacher like says too much, he's like, thank you, Lord, that you came and died and shed your blood for people. And the church is like, thank you, Lord, that you died and shed your blood for people. So I won't do that. Look carefully then how you walk, not as unwise, but as wise, making the best use of time because the days are evil. Therefore, do not be foolish, but understand what the will of the Lord is. Who knows when a verse says, understand what the will of the Lord is. We really want to read the next verse. And do not get drunk with wine. And do not get drunk with wine. Dylan, are you taking notes? Good. And do not get drunk with wine, for that is debauchery, but be filled with the Spirit. Be filled with the Spirit. Pastor Dylan doesn't have a drinking problem. I'm just kidding. And, and I love this passage because... You know, it says do not be drunk with wine, but the apostle is, is writing to the church and he's, what is he saying? What is he, if we exegete this text, what is he saying? He's saying, hey, if you are not filled with the Spirit, you'll get filled with something else. This isn't a salvation letter. This is an effectiveness letter. He's not saying, hey, if you don't get filled with the Spirit, you're not going to heaven. He's saying you will be much more effective as a church if you are filled with the Spirit. You see, my great fear uh, in the West is that we have become too cool for the Holy Spirit. Can I tell you tonight, the Holy Spirit is not just for youth camps, even though He loves them. It's not just for Pentecost Sunday. He is someone that wants to walk with us in and out every day, every weekend. Man, and this is why I love your senior pastors. Man, Pastor Ben, he, you might not fully know, he's a Pentecostal animal. Like, I have seen him on altar calls just going ham and, like, killing people with his, with his triceps. Like, just, zah, zah. you know, I, he's prayed for me before, and I've fallen over under the power. He spat on me. It was awesome. It was like the anointing of Elisha. I was like, oh! You know, he actually, um, he actually preached at our church when we were, like, 80 people, and we were in a little startup in a, in a warehouse. And so I love Pastor Ben. But the things of the Spirit, I honestly believe, is what's going to grow a church. You know, I love, the, I love the screens. I love the lighting. I love good worship. I love good facilities, man. That's what we want. But I honestly believe without the infilling of the Holy Ghost, it's just a thing. And can I let you in on a secret? The world does facilities, building, lights, fun, and adrenaline better than we'll ever do. Without the Holy Ghost. So Paul is writing to this church and he's saying, but be filled with the Spirit. You know, the... the we believe in, you might not know this, but you are a, a Trinitarian monotheist, which means you just believe in the great three in one. You believe in the Godhead, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Yeah? <laughs> You're like, no, I believe in just two of them. <laughs> but what's funny is, is, is we often say we, we, you know, we believe in the Trinity, but we only ever invite two of them to church. And so we're like, yes, Father, you know, come and, and love us and, and come running down that prodigal road. And Jesus, you know, thank you for saving us and dying on that cross. And who's the other guy? Oh, he's the dude that comes in power with tongues of fire like a rushing wind. I don't know. That's weird. Homie, Jesus died on a cross then came back to life. Sometimes as Christians, we're like, I don't want to believe weird things. We believe weird things. <laughs> We believe that Jesus died, came back to life. When he came back to life, other tombs opened. No, no, no. Don't say amen. Think about it. It's terrifying. It's like the walking dead, but realsies. It's like little Johnny's in the, in the square in Jerusalem, and he's like, Mom. It's like, what Johnny? It's Uncle Bill. Uncle Bill died three years ago. Stop being silly. No, it's Uncle Bill. It's not Uncle Bill. You know, Uncle Bill's like, what happened? Where am I? It's definitely not part of my notes, but anyway. <laughs> we believe in this stuff, man. 
supernatural element to our faith. We need it in our lives, in our marriages, in our bank accounts, in our church. You might say, oh, I, I got filled. I got filled in 1944. <laughs> year before World War, I don't know, what, anyway. <laughs> I got filled 20 years ago. I got filled at Seekers last year, I'm fine. Now, and then if you're a bit older and you're a YA and you're trying to be all theological, you're like, oh, there's, only, there's one baptism, Fred. One baptism, one cross. Well, I can't remember the rest, but I'm a theologian, so it's fine. I remember the rest, but they don't. But there's, I want to tell you, there is only one baptism, but there's many infillings. Many infillings. We've got so many Christians walking around, old, crusty, busted and disgusted, with an old wineskin that's leaking everywhere, and it's like, what are you doing? And they're like, I'm being a missionary to my city. I'm like, no, you're being a burden to us all. You're the fresh infilling. Man, can I tell you, I'm preaching to myself. An uninfilled Fred is not a good time. He's impatient. He's hungry. I'm hungry anyway. He's impatient. He, 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 he compares. He, he gets grouchy. He, he, he doesn't believe the best man. When you are filled with the Spirit daily, when you are speaking in the language of the Spirit daily, things are different. Man, we got to, some of us have just got to stop uh, what we're doing and start our morning routine with speaking in tongues. Start our morning routine. And not just when everything's great. Not just when like the wife's like, I've booked you two weeks annual leave and we're going to Tahiti. It's going to be great. I'm going to be in bikinis the whole time. You know, like anyone can praise to God when that's happening. But we need a generation that when everything's wrong, when family's falling apart, our first response before our feet hit the floor is good morning, Holy Spirit. Man, we need to be filled with the Spirit. It's going to change our lives. It's going to change our world. Sorry for the inappropriate joke about wives in bikinis. I want to go through a couple of things the Holy Ghost is not. Because part of the reason I think churches throw out the Holy Ghost is because it's been represented really poorly to them. You know, I, I love the 90s. I'm a 90s baby. We did some weird stuff. You know what I mean? You might not. You might be like, no, what? Well, there was flags. There was, there was tambourines. Which, there's nothing wrong with tambourines, but when 35 people have them and none of them are musically inclined, it's a nightmare. <laughs> Trying to sing Shout to the Lord, you know, Shout to the... And then, like, Mary and Helen are up the back, like, And these are the days. It's like, no, guys, you're not... This is not what we're meant to be doing. But I want to run through some things. I think they're going to be on the screen. Some things the Holy Ghost is not. Here we go. The Holy Ghost is not a license to do what you want. I don't know about the, the young adults on the Gold Coast, but the young adults on the Sunny Coast, they're a little bit hippie. And they're a little bit like, you know, um, I'm like, what are you doing, man? You've got to get planted. Let's start a dinner party. Let's start loving humanity back to life. They're like, dude, I just go where God tells me. I'm like, wow, God's pretty like, changes his mind a lot with you, doesn't he? You know, I'm just stating who he tells me. I'm just going to work through a couple of girls and just figure out what God wants for my life, dude. It's like, dude, stop smoking weed, come to church, get connected, stop dating women, and just love God for a bit. It's not a license to do what you want. The Holy Ghost is not six-hour meetings with flags and essential oils. Now, nothing wrong with an extended meeting, nothing wrong with essential oils. You know, my wife has this rosehip oil she puts on her face before bed. I hate it. It makes her smell like my grandma. Um, but apparently it's good for the skin, so praise God. But what I mean by that is the Holy Ghost doesn't have to be weird. It doesn't. It doesn't have to be this weird thing where, you know, it's like, it's a Holy Ghost service, and you're like, 
everyone don't come. You know, all your friends are like, I'd love to come to church, not this week, you know? And it always happens, the one week your friend comes, they're behind that, that lady that's like older and, and, and a bit kooky, and she's like, oh, thank you, Jehovah, you know, and you're like, oh, God. But the Holy Ghost doesn't have to be weird. The Holy Ghost is not a reason to not submit to your pastors. The Holy Ghost is not a reason to not be madly in love with the local church. The Holy Ghost is not something that makes you better than other Christians. It's the power of heaven that comforts and leads you. You see, I can often tell if someone's being led by the Spirit because they'll walk in the things of the Spirit. Notice I didn't say the gifts of, I said the things of, the fruits of. They'll be kind, they'll be patient, they'll have self-control. They'll have a 1 Corinthians love about them. They'll be reliable, they'll be there in and out of season. The Holy Ghost is, is yeah, it's awesome and I love, you know, like, Pastor Dave Hall is one of my mentors and one of my absolute heroes. And being in a service with him or ministering with him, I'm at my, like, happiest. People are flying everywhere. Like, God's moving in power. People are spontaneously speaking in tongues. People are exploding, you know, setting on fire. Lightning's happening. It's like a Marvel movie. It's brilliant. But the Holy Ghost doesn't just make us fall over and laugh and dance. He makes us shut up, apologize, and examine ourselves. And so when those two work together, it's brilliant. Because then we've got a church of character and power. So I just wanted to hit on that quickly, um, and then I want to go into things. It's recognizable. The power of God is recognizable. I think part of the, the reason that God has me in the lane, and, and me and my wife in the lane, and even our church in the lane that it is, is because he has put us on a path where we have seen again and again God move in power. We've seen him move in power in London, eyes open. We've seen him move in the underground church in China with healings and signs and wonders and Government officials, kids that have never been to church, they don't have YouTube, they can't look at things, and the first thing that happens when you touch them is they either cry or they fall over. You see, that bolsters your faith, because you go, well, there's nothing to fake it. And it's not like I pr- like set it up by going, and, now, and sometimes <laughs> when you get prayed for, you fall over, and it makes a preacher feel really good to do it. No, they just did it. When the power of God touched, it's recognizable. If I had a metal knife on stage, which would be strange, but if I did, and I found a power socket, and I shoved the knife into it, you would recognize quite quickly that I'd plugged into something powerful. And my wife would be on the market again because I would be dead. I know. It's, it's, <laughs> oh, my gosh. It hasn't happened. <laughs> it's just a hyperbole, guys. People, oh, my God, it's so sad. <laughs> Some of the guys are like, really? Anyway. <laughs> it's recognizable. We have to be okay with the Holy Ghost and power being recognizable on our lives. You know, there was one lady at our church, and we had a spirit without measure service, and, and, and I laid hands on her, and she started shaking. And she's quite a well-to-do lady. She doesn't just do weird things like that. And she looked at me and went, what's happening? And I said, I don't know. And she went, I feel embarrassed. I said, don't. And that was the end of the conversation. But, but the point I'm trying to make is that we shouldn't find it weird when God moves, man. We read all these stories in the book and we're like, oh yes, demons into pigs. Oh yes, people being lowered down. Oh yes, the dead coming back to life. And then we're like, oh, my hand's moving, it's weird. (laughs) So, mate, if that scares you, like, my goodness, praise God, you know. It's recognizable. Your history gives you confidence in your encounter. Your history gives you confidence in your encounter. I want to just tell you, um, I feel so at home here, it's brilliant. I want to just tell you some stories about my life and the things I've seen the Holy Ghost do in me and my family. Is that all right? Because it, it really, if you look in the rearview mirror of your life, you'll see him there again and again and again and again. And it might not always be at a conference and you get called out and God moves. But if you look carefully, you'll see God again and again and again. 
So probably one of the first times that I saw God move in power was my dad. My dad's always been a pastor, and he was doing the communion message at Cheam Fellowship Church, which is about 20 minutes out of, outside of London, England. And it was, it was a semi-conservative church, but not really as well. And he was doing the communion elements, and back then it was real wine and a loaf of bread, and all like the young kids, like I was like five at the time, would rip like half the bread off, and you know the old lady would be like, what are you doing? And it's like, just taking... Jesus' body seriously. And, and so that was happening. And midway through him doing that, this elder, Dave Prothick, runs up to him and goes, in the name of Jesus, and lays hand on his belly. And dad fell out with the glass and the wine and the bread and, you know, poor Jesus' body went everywhere. And, and he fell down. And, and I think you guys know, I've told you this before, but I was adopted when I was three years old. And, and so he goes down and I'm there in the crowd and I'm like five. And I was like, oh, great, I'm an orphan again. You know, like... It's like a huge, it's like a huge bummer. And, but I remember my mum. My mum's like a girl. She's a Perth girl. She's a farmer's daughter from Perth, and so she's quite hard. And I was like, and she was like, it's okay. He's had an encounter with the dunamis power of God. Praise your Lord. And I was like, what does that mean? You know, like. But I remember it, it encountered me, and I remember feeling like, this is crazy. A couple of years later, well, a fair few years, about nine years old, and Dad went to preach in Brighton, which is a two-hour train ride from London, and I went with him, and I went to the kids' church. And I'd never felt the power of God before. I was in this kids' church, and this really old Scottish lady ran the kids' ministry. Dad was preaching in main service. It was a night service like this. And I was in there, and she, she was kind of odd but awesome. And I remember her. She said, does anyone here want to get a touch of the anointing of an almighty God. And I thought, it makes me think of that movie, Brave. <laughs> Murder. Anyway. And, and thank you for the three people that have seen that movie. And, and I remember thinking, no, you are so strange and old and I don't like it. But I came forward anyway. I don't know why. I came forward and she was praying for these kids. These kids were like falling over. I was like, what's happening? But I didn't, you can't like run away. Like even when you're like 10, you still know that you just have to sort of stand there. So I was like, and she gets to me, and she goes, young man, lift your hands to heaven. I was like, no. <laughs> and she prayed for me, and I just opened my eyes, and I was on the floor. But I remember, and I was, con- I was honestly a bit confused, but I remember feeling like immense peace and warmth. I was like, okay. And then, you know, mum came in. She's like, how was kids' church? She's like, it was good. I was assaulted by an old retiree. It was brilliant. <laughs> but I remember feeling marked. I remember feeling like that wasn't normal. I remember feeling like it was real. First person I prayed for at Culture Shifters Youth. That was a youth ministry I was a part of, and I got invited to be on the prayer team. Every young guy wants to be on the prayer team. I don't know why, but we're all like, I'll, I'll pray. I'll pray for someone. I'll pray for someone, and I'll find a wife. Try, stop me. Uh, stop me. And, and so I was on the prayer team, and I went up to this kid, and, you know, he was like there, and, you know, classic youth ministry. I was like, can I pray for you, bro? You know, I'm like 17, acting like I'm a pastor. I'm like, can I pray for you, bro? He was like, Yeah. I was like, yeah, okay, thank you, Lord. Just touch, and I just touched him on his shoulder and he fell over. And we didn't have a catcher because I didn't think I was anointed. And so I was like, oh no. But I remember feeling power flow through my body and, and hit this young man. And I remember being like, this is, there's something going on here. 2006, I was down at Hillsong Conference. Mum and dad would drive us down every year. And it was the year Pastor Reinhard Bonnke was there. Reinhard Bonnke's gone to be with the Lord, but he's an amazing, uh, probably one of the great evangelists of our era. And he came and snuck into a youth session uh, at Hillsong United. And back then it was still big, but it was about a thousand young people, so it wasn't as big as it is now. And 
Pastor Phil Dooley, which probably no one will know here except the older people, but he just gave, he said, Pastor Reinhardt, and literally just gave him the mic, like as you do. And Reinhardt got up and started preaching on the fire of God. And he did an altar call, and he called people forward. Only about 100 people came forward, and I found myself on the altar. And at the time, I was in youth ministry, but I was doing that thing where I'm like in youth ministry, but also partying every, like every now and again on a Saturday because youth's on a Friday, and you know, doing all that stuff that no one here has done. And so I'm there, and Pastor Reinhardt is sending people flying. Like, the feel, like he's walking along. There was one girl who he didn't even touch her, and she fell to her knees and just started repenting of everything in her life. And I was like, nah, I don't want to do that. Not in, not in front of Hillsong. Like, what? He gets to me, and I think to myself, just don't look up. So I looked up, and he had these blue eyes. And to everyone else, he was yelling like, you know, just fire. Feel. And he looked at me. I feel the power of God even as I tell this story. And he said, young man, you can outmaneuver people, but you cannot outmaneuver God. And then he put, I know. And then he, <laughs> and then he put his hand on my head. And I'm telling you, Habakara, Rasha, Wollongaba, Mitsubishi, Vegemite, Marmite. I got absolute, I like slid across the cement. And there was no catcher, because it was Hillsong. And, and I just slid across the, and I slid across the cement and I was like, oh my gosh. But I remember thinking to myself on the drive back up from Sydney, I remember thinking, this keeps happening. Because <laughs> it wasn't my natural bent. My natural bent is, is more like structure and, yeah, let's build and let's do this and let's have good spreadsheets and let's make it awesome and epic. But God marked me throughout my life and he made it annoyingly impossible for me to deny his power and his presence. 2011, we were, had a youth conference at our church and, and, and Pastor Tim Hall was there. And in the middle of the sermon, I was wearing a Bertie Beetle t-shirt because I was a fashion icon back then. And he's preaching, and in the middle of his sermon, he stops and he goes, Brother Beetle. And I was like, that's pretty good, eh? I was like, I was like, what? And he's like, yeah, up the back, Brother Beetle, would you come? I thought, who are you, you humongous man? And he's like, come to the front. God has something for you. I was like, I don't want it. Because this is the thing. I'd had that encounter in 2006, but who knows an encounter without a changed life is just carpet bend. And so I'd gone back to the things I was doing, and he called me up the front. And I was standing there, and I was like terrified. Altar calls are always pretty terrifying. And he said, how are you? And I was like, I don't know. He's like, lift your hands to the God of heaven and earth. And I was like, no. (laughs) And then he tricked me. Because he, he knew, he could tell I was, scared, I was nervous and I was probably hiding stuff. And he, so he looked at my senior pastor at the time and just started having a conversation with Pastor Alan Wills. And then he just got me. He just hit me in the stomach. And he said, rivers of living water. I'm telling you, I was, it was like I got put into a Holy Ghost slow cooker, but on max. I was like, once again, no catcher. I feel like God just has a sense of humor. You know, Gabriel's like, Lord, should we put a catcher behind Fred? God's like, nah, he hasn't got the message yet. You know? <laughs> and so I got hit by that. And I remember just thinking, this is ridiculous. I can't get away from this. You see, I know I'm preaching to the converted, but we used to believe in the laying on of hands. We used to believe in full altars. We used to believe in the touch of God. And I know that we do here. But it's something, I believe, we, you know, our name is the great south land of the Holy Spirit. I don't believe that's just a fun slogan that they came up with in the 90s. I believe that was a prophetic declaration. 
And we don't need, even though it's awesome, we don't need more young adults that can pour a perfect flat white. But, but if you do do that, get me one. We need people filled with power. We need people that will lay hands on their friends. We need people because it does not matter what the staff here do. They could get six of these and then send me one and, and have like the best food ever. I mean, you've already got the most, like your foyer just annoys me. It just, it's just annoying. I want one. But you've got a great facility. But, but out of all of that, people need a touch. People need something to shift and change. If you're blind, if you're bound up, if you're addicted to porn, if you're sleeping with your partner, if you're doing all that stuff, there's no guilt or shame or condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. But how the heck are you going to help anyone? The Gold Coast needs a move of power, but it needs a move of purity as well. And it's God's grace and His Spirit that enables us to be pure. And so sometimes we're trying to be pure and we're leaving the power to the side, but you don't understand that the Holy Ghost, the indwelling of Him, the comforter, the helper, He's the one that helps keep you pure. So if we want to see a city saved, we better be on our church's altar calls every week going, God, would you fill me again? At our church, anytime we have a guest, I'm like, <laughs> you know, our st- my dad, you know, my dad is an English gentry. He's prophetic. He doesn't yell much when he preaches. He's very learned. But when someone comes in, or even sometimes when I'm preaching or the other staff are preaching, we'll look over and dad's on the floor, on the front row, in his RMs and his suit, laughing with the joy of the Lord. Old school. Like, it's not cool. Can I say, he's, ah, ha, 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 ah, ha, ha. And I'm trying to preach through it. Why? Because he knows if he's going to lead a church, he needs an infilling. Come on, if you're going to lead in your sphere, in your family, in your relationship, you need a touch of God. If someone would come and play softly on the keyboard behind me, that would be brilliant. Brother Ting, come with that distractingly awesome jacket. So quiet. Something I get asked a lot, especially on Facebook, because Facebook is the wild west of opinions. <laughs> sometimes, I'll, sometimes I'll be honest. Sometimes I just post things just because I'm bored and I just want to see what will happen. I'm like, everyone should speak in tongues and women should preach. And I'm just like, let's see what happens. <laughs> let's annoy all the Baptists. Anyway, um, I'm just kidding. I love the Baptists. We're just having fun tonight. But I often get like a, well, is moving in the spirit biblical? I don't know about all this. We shouldn't be chasing after signs and wonders. We should be chasing after Jesus. I don't know why I'm doing that voice. It's usually young people. <laughs> the old generation's usually like, come on, mate. You know? So let's change it. Um, I don't know if I actually agree with the moving of the Spirit. <laughs> but I get a lot of that. And so many years ago, when I was doing Bible college at Apocrucius, I thought, well, we better have a look, haven't we? Better have an authority on what we're saying. And so I had a look and found about 27, not references of his presence, there's hundreds of them, but physical manifestations that happened when someone got encountered by him. And we're just going to go through a couple tonight because we don't have forever and we need to pray for people and see God move and see people speak in tongues and praise the Lord. But the first one I found was in Second Chronicles, the priest dedicated the temple. It says they couldn't stand because of the glory of God. One translation, the NSAB, says it was so dense that they could not move. In Daniel... He says that when the Lord spoke to me, my body fell to the ground in Daniel 10.9. John on the Isle of Patmos says, I was in the spirit on the Lord's day in Revelation 10.1. He was having a prophetic vision. In Acts 10, Peter, before he witnessed to Cornelius, goes on the roof and it says that he goes into a prophetic trance and sees heaven open. Then he goes and gets like 50 Italians saved. 
I just love that the Bible lets us know that they were Italians because I feel like it's funnier. You know, it's like 50 people got saved. It's like 50 Italians got saved. You know? <laughs> Number five, around 600 soldiers came to arrest Jesus. It says that a cohort came, and a cohort in those days was between 300 to 600 men. But I put 600 because it's more epic. It's a, Pentecost, it's a Pentecostal roundup. You know, how at, you know how at youth you had 50 kids, and you're like, yeah, it was around 150. You know? <laughs> around 600 soldiers came to arrest Jesus. And he just said two words, two dangerous words. He said, I am. I feel the same power that happened when the burning bush spoke to Moses. I am that I am. And it's every translation. You go look at it on, on Blue Letter Bible. Every translation indicates that they fell back. The soldiers had a physical response to Jesus revealing himself as the risen Christ or the soon to be risen Christ. And we could go through many, many more. Saul on the road to Damascus. Let's not let fear, a lack of vulnerability, wanting to be in control, let's not hide behind bad theology. Let's be honest. People join our church and, you know, sometimes it's a bit confronting for them. They're like, I don't speak in tongues yet. Ah, I'm like, it's all right. I was talking to one girl at conference. We had Pastor Corey Turner with us recently for conference and it was just an absolute blowout. And I said to this one girl who's my intern, I said, I said, Sarah, you, 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 it's like, Sarah, here. Anyway, I was like, Sarah, you, you never seem to fall over. And she was like, and I was like, you never seem to move. And it's fine. I'm just checking you're all good. She said, oh, it's because I had a dress on. I was like, yeah, but I've seen you in jeans not move either. She's like, mm, I'll let you know later. <laughs> That's what she said. Later that night, she texted me with her boyfriend and she said, nah, I figured out what it is. I really like being in control. And to surrender to the Spirit is to give up that control. So I should probably surrender control. The thing that she made a mistake in was it was Friday night of conference and I was preaching that night. <laughs> so the first person I got up on stage was Sarah. And I leant in and I said, don't feel you have to do anything. Oh man, it was awesome. She got wobby-gonged. She was laughing on the stage. She was rolling around. We had to like throw like a doona on her. I was like, praise God for modesty in the house. You know, come on, let's not let things stop us having encounter. I've got a couple more minutes. I wanted to tell you some testimonies because who knows we're overcome by the word of the Lamb and our testimony. I think we've got some photos. You can just put them up in any order, team. Here we go. These, these guys are awesome. This, this is a couple from, from uh, Mackay. I was about to say Bowen. They're not from Bowen. Dylan and Lani are from Bowen. And, and they're a couple. And um, two years ago, I was up in Mackay preaching uh, at this church. Uh, and I don't remember this. They reminded me because at a conference, you pray for 700 people and you can't remember anything. And, but they had been trying for seven and a half years to fall pregnant. And they'd tried everything. They'd had four rounds of IVF. That's a lot of money. To the point where this lovely lady, she had decided, hey, we're going to adopt, which is obviously I'm an advocate of, that's awesome. And she'd gone back to her law firm. And they'd, they'd almost made peace with it. They were like, hey, you know, it's obviously hard, but we're going uh, to just go back to our life. We're going to make money. We're going to sow into the church. We're going to adopt. And on the last Sunday night session at Mackay, they're like, let's get this weird dude to pray for us. So they came up and I prayed for him. I can't remember anything I said, but they said that I was pretty generic, which is always great feedback. Apparently I was like, Lord, thank you for the need. For the need right now, I was on like session seven. So I was like, Lord, thank you for the, thank you, Lord. The next year I, I went back and they came up. Something like seven days after we'd prayed, they fell pregnant. And she was on medication 
that should stop you getting pregnant. And they named this little girl Jaya, which means victory. You see, friend, you don't need a Bible college degree. You just need some faith. If you haven't picked up, I'm a little bit of an idiot. I'm not amazing. But I do believe what it says in the book. I feel this is a prophetic word for someone. You're fine just as you are. The word of the Lord in your mouth is as powerful as the word of the Lord in His mouth. Let's put the next photo up real quick. This is a young boy in, in uh, Hong Kong. So I honestly don't know how I get these gigs, but like three years ago, I was preaching at a mega church in Hong Kong called ICA. It's mental. They have like five services. I preached five services on a Sunday, almost died. And, and it's crazy. They've got a thousand people. And at the end of the service, all thousand go out these doors and there's four L, uh, escalators going up and they all just come in and they go again. And I, was, I remember being like, what are we doing now? And he's like, go have some water. Come back and preach. I was like, all right, yes, Pastor Ed. And, and so this was on, I think, the third service. This little boy came up with his mum, and I was already just absolutely cooked. But she said, he's got a lump on the inside of his throat here, and he had this huge lump. And she's like, would you pray for him? And so we prayed together, and we prayed, and we both, me and the mum, we felt heat under our hands and we prayed for about five minutes and we took our hands off and the lump was gone and what was crazy was I freaked out yeah you can clap God he's awesome but I freaked out I was like I was like <gasps> the mum was like thank you yes you know just like expect like the preacher was like oh my gosh it worked you know <laughs> but when you come in faith when you believe, I was speaking this morning at Pimpermar about when you touch Jesus in faith, it's different than just being in the room. Let's put the next one up real quick. Praise God. This is a young man at, at uh, Extreme Conference. And uh, on one of the night sessions of Extreme Conference, uh, Pastor Kane, my good friend, said to me, Hey, Fred, the local juvenile detention center has some Christian police officers and they're going to force all the young guys to come to conference tonight. Who loves police officers that are full of the Holy Ghost? And, and so um, they came and I was aware of it, but halfway through I forgot it was a great night. It was 600 people. And I did an altar call and I noticed all these guys coming up. And I didn't realize this until later. The police officer made them. It wasn't like God was like, he was like, get up there, mate. He's like, no, he's like, get up there now. They're like, all right. So they go up and they line up on the stage. And I'll be honest, as you get, this was the smallest one. You know, I was like, there's a fear behind that nervous youth pastor point. And, 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 and so I started praying for these guys. And I got to, he was the, this was the first one here. And I got to him, and I can't say his name, but I got to him. And I said, can I pray for you? And he's like, yeah, right. I was like, that'll zap your faith, man. <laughs> like, okay. I said, in the name of Jesus. And I laid my hands on his head. <laughs> and he falls over. <laughs> and he full drops the F-bomb on the way down. <laughs> he goes, he goes, F. And then he hits the ground. His arms shoot up. And he starts speaking in tongues. He hits a, but he's freaking out. And he's mixing swearing in with his tongues. So he's like, Man, do what you want with that theologically. God's going to impact his kids. Because what we see as a cool moment on stage, Jesus goes, yes, my son's in the house. Yes, I'm going to touch him. Yes, I'm going to reach him. All right, one more. I think there's one more. Yeah, this beautiful, I always get a bit teary when I tell this story, but this beautiful uh, brother and sister. 
I was doing Noosa's summer camp up in Noosa. I always love when I get invited to speak in Noosa. Praise God. And uh, Burley's pretty good too. And, and so uh, I was preaching. I was preaching a message called the and suddenlies of God. And I wasn't in this bit. So this bit is like the spiritual, the faith's building in the room part of the message. I was in the funny get to know everyone part of the message. And I hear God go, I've got a word. And I, I said, can you wait? <laughs> and I said it in my head. He was like, no, I want to give it now. I was like, what about just in like 15 when the keys are up? He's like, now. I was like, all right, what is it? And he said, someone's family member committed suicide last week. And I thought, nope. He said, no, no, it's not just someone's family member, someone's parent committed suicide last week. And there's a thing when you're traveling and it's not your house, you want to honor the room, you don't want to freak anyone out. But sometimes when God's being so overt, I want to be careful when you do this, but I felt it so strongly and I just paused and there was no beautiful brother Ting making things sound good. And I just said, hey, I've just got a word. And you know, everyone's expecting like, are you going to reach the nations? And I just said, hey, in all seriousness, we could gather in a serious moment. I felt God tell me that someone's parent took their own life last week. And I feel like one of the reasons I'm here tonight is just to let you know that God sees you. Now, it sounds very spiritual what I'm saying it now. When you're saying it and you don't know if anyone's going to respond, you are sweating. This little girl runs up the front. And she just kneels at the altar. She lifts her hands to heaven. And then this young guy runs and he kneels just behind her and he puts his arm around her. And immediately I just forget about everything else in the room. And I go and I just put the mic away and I say, hey guys, what's going on? And they said, hey, mum overdosed last week killed herself she was in church there was no signs we didn't know we're a happy christian family and who knows sometimes words aren't going to cut it but i just knelt with them and i just prayed and i got a message from their dad about a month later saying mate you don't realize that word has been an anchor for our family that even in the middle of hell god is there and he's ready and he cares and he loves us what's my point my point is that we can all do this sort of thing. We all have the Holy Spirit. And maybe some of us just need a fresh infilling. Maybe some of us need to just get absolutely wobbegonged again. But you're the solution for your workplace. You're the solution for your family. Don't leave all the heavy lifting to Pastor Noah and Pastor Ben and the team. God sent you. Never gets many amens. But it says in the word, Christ in you the hope of glory. Why don't we stand tonight? Jesus. God, I thank you for new wine and fresh oil. Thank you for a fresh infilling. Lord, we're not chasing after a tingle or falling over or crying, but Lord, we know as we yield to your spirit, something's going to happen in our life and in our world. And we want something to happen on this altar tonight that changes us from the inside out. God, we need a fresh wind. We need a fresh wind. Lord, we don't want to play church. We don't want to just come and gather and do our roster on PCO and, and do the church thing. We want to come and see a region saved. We want to see those in the clubs on Kavalav come to the house of God and be radically changed. We want to see families from youth age all the way through to grandparents 
coming in on a Sunday morning, Sunday night at Reedy Creek and encountering the presence of God. Lord, let them get a word of knowledge before they even step foot in the building. Thank you, God, that this is a house of your spirit. This is a house of the anointing. Thank you for growth. Thank you for more. Hey, we're going to sing fresh wind and, and I don't feel I feel I'm in a house of faith I don't feel like I need to pump this up and be like come come and get prayer but as they sing fresh wind if you want a fresh touch if you need a fresh infilling if your wineskin's got a bit dry or if you've got something wrong in your body or if you've got a family member with a terminal diagnosis or an autoimmune disease I want you to come not to make me feel good but maybe tonight on this altar something could change something could shift in the name of Jesus Thank you so much for joining us. Stay tuned for new messages weekly. You can keep updated on what's happening in the life of King's Church by following us on social media at King's Church GC. Be blessed.